What's good? What's good? What's happening, people? Welcome to another edition of Politrick here on the Got What You Need Network. <laughs> Make sure you check out the other podcasts on this great network, Ian Friends, Life and Love, the Black Male Podcast, as well as the Encourage and Inspire Podcast. But right here, you're listening to Politrick, and I'm your host, Scott. Today, of course, we're going to talk about the Tyree um, Nichols murder, you know, we won't call it anything other than what it is. Um, the Louisiana, um, I guess, prison system, um, Department of Corrections, they have to answer some questions in regards to um, purposely and systematically keeping prisoners longer than their um, required time. And in many cases, more than 90 days or three months after their due date. We're going to talk about that. And back at my old alma mater, New Brunswick High School, a different building. Um, this one is on, I think, Route 27. We were on um, Livingston Avenue between 9th and 12th. But same high school. A woman was 29 years, is 29 years old and was posing as a student there. So we'll talk about that <clears throat> as well. But let's go ahead and um, get into the Tyree, the Tyree Nichols. Um, just tragic and just horrible um, murder. Um, the police officers involved who are now ex-officers and all been charged with second-degree murder are Demetrius Haley, Desmond Mills Jr., Emmett Martin III, Justin Smith, and Darius, wait, to Darius Bean is the last one. Um, <clears throat> I guess let's go back to Rodney King and it just so happened that someone had a video camera out and that was 1994 I believe and it just so happened that someone had a video camera and started to tape what was going on and we saw firsthand what many people and urban areas and even some non-urban areas have been saying years prior to that, right? But then even after watching the video, um, the case was moved to an area more sympathetic to policing and how hard it is to be a cop and all of that BS, and were they exonerated or was a hung jury? Either way, they weren't found guilty, all right? Now, even after that, it took another 20 years before I believe the first body cameras were, like, actually instituted, and I believe that started in New York in L.A., the nation's two largest police departments. So even after we watched um, police officers in L.A. Um, go off with batons on 
um, the black motorist, Rodney King. Um, and I don't care what drugs he was on or what he was supposed to be on or whatever. It didn't take all that to, to bring him down. They just thought that they weren't being watched and they wanted to have some fun. And from that, you know, everybody want to talk about the riots and all of that kind of stuff when the focus should have been on um, the police, the police department, the climate, and leadership. Um, a movie I really like. I won't say it's one of my favorites, but, you know, when it was out, or, you know, remember the Titans. And I remember, like, the locker room scene with the guy and, and uh, Wood Harris's character. And um, he was going on and on about, Wood Harris was going on about how, like, the white linemen weren't blocking for red. And um, he was like, so, you know, because of that, I'm, I'm going to get mine. I ain't worried about this team. Damn the team. And he was like, oh, that's just such a bad attitude, a horrible attitude to have. And he was like, attitude is a, a reflection of leadership, captain. And w when I see cases like this, I always look at who, who is their superior. And now you're going to tell me that there's any um, space in between the way these guys think and their direct superior think. And now you want me to believe that he wasn't or she wasn't sending them out there to to be this, to be this scary group of, of you know, special, um, you know, operational um, officers within the Memphis Police Department. And from what I understand, they wasn't even supposed to be making traffic stops. Like, they were supposed to be, go like, going after bigger cases, drug cases, gun cases, you know, um, you know, distribution, like big things like that versus um, a reckless, uh, alleged reckless driving traffic stop that even the Memphis Police Department say they don't even have any type of video proof to say that Mr. Nichols had even, even done that to even warrant him being pulled over, better yet, like, pr beaten to death. And at no time was he, he fighting back. The whole time he's asking, like, what did he do? Um, letting you know, like, that he's in pain. He's calling for his mother. And, and, and for, for these guys to do what they did, and then for other people to show up and then to be so nonchalant about it, you can't tell me that this isn't a scene that hasn't happened before. It just so happened that this young man died. Um, and there were... There's, there are these cameras that they um, instituted and um, installed 
in different areas uh, of Memphis, and and it was to it was to stop crime. It was to be able to go back and look at video, and then be able to use it as a crime stopping tool. And these same this same video camera is what is going going to be used as evidence against these these five black officers. And I must say five black officers. Um, but just going back to what I was saying just about when things are normal and it's par for the course and it's regular, um, you can fire these five and you know um you could even disband the whole unit that they were supposed to be you know they that they were supposed to be um you could say you know no more of that or or whatever but until what happened to mr nichols bothers every member of that police department, then you're not going to have change. You're just going to have those that, you know, who care are going to be more careful. And for those who who don't care are going to, you know, say, hey, when they come for me, they come for me. And it's going to keep behaving the way that they have been behaving. Um, going back to George Floyd and and what happened there. And, you know, to even have debate about that, for, for people to be talking about his drug use versus what we saw on camera, what we watched ourselves. We watched Chauvin murder him as he said he couldn't breathe and we watched the other police officers do nothing other than hold off the crowd that was telling them to stop. But then we have to go through this public debate about, you know, did the drugs kill him? He, he really died of an overdose. And right before he got arrested, he threw something in his mouth, and and that's what really killed him, and and all and all of this kind of stuff, and and it's just like, come on, man. But what also got in the way of real reform was like all these stupid slogans and, and nonsense, like defund the police, and and all of that kind of stuff. And you know it was it was ways to go about saying that a lot of departments didn't need the military um, type equipment that they were getting from the federal government without giving the other side ammunition to say, see, you know they're gonna make your community more dangerous because the police won't have any money to um, to fight crime because you know 
these crazy left wing and progressives and yada yada yada, they don't respect law enforcement, and everybody knows that that's not true. But respecting law enforcement can't be that, no matter how bad or um, just how heinous the act is, that it's like, oh well, you know they're cops, and you know they got a, they got a tough job, man. So you know when they when they kill a innocent, unarmed, you know citizen that they were sworn to protect and serve. We got to kind of let that go. No, that that's just not how it goes. We talked about this on a, on another episode where um, the the young lady um, down in Texas who was watching, you know, was playing video games with her nephew, and they left the door open because they had burnt some burgers. So they got a police call uh, about an open door. So then instead of them coming to try to make sure that everybody okay, dude come with his gun drawn and first 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 head he see, he shoot. If you're that scared to to police an area, you shouldn't be a, a cop. And for these five black cops to act the way that they did in a majority black town. And I don't even want to say and against a black motorist because if it was a white motorist, it would be fucked up. If it was a, a, a Spanish, Asian, no matter what, no matter what, you know. Um, and I don't want to go into, oh, but if it was a white, they, they was fired right away. <laughs> so um, I don't know how much faster they would have been fired if it had been um, somebody of, of another race. So I, I won't even um, entertain that. But to know and to see how comfortable and just how nonchalant and just carefree they were about their actions. How many did they do this to who like what was actually a criminal who decided I'm gonna take the ass beating long as they don't, you know, take me downtown. You know, well, I'm gonna take the ass beat and let them take the drugs, you know, fuck it, they ain't they ain't arrest me or or whatever. And we know this go on. But here was a young man. And, and in those cases, that's wrong, what they did when they do that as well. You know, um, I guess it's it's easier to digest because you feel like though those that were assaulted didn't die and didn't say anything or whatever. Um, but... Before I get too far off, I just, I just want to say that until we hold police departments to a standard of policing a city the same way, 
and they'll say, well, you know, it's 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 areas of high crime. You, you want to know why? Because you don't come there until after you get a call. If you would go to those areas, make yourself known, and just patrol, then you wouldn't be looked at as a threat. But you come there... Wh- you come there on a call and then sometimes even the people that call you are looked at as threats to you. So until like all of those different dynamics change <clears throat> in regards to leadership, in regards to training, in regards to um, teaching, in regards to the climate of, of policing itself, or, or whatever, we're, we're going to have more cases like this. And so what? We're, we're getting cases to where they're found guilty. That don't bring back the people that they kill. And if we could just say one, because somebody decided to step in and, you know, and do something about it. And look, I know what they do to whistleblowers in various police departments all across the world. And and a black whistleblower, woo, I already know what, what, what that could mean, you know, and how dangerous that could be, especially if you have a family. You know, I yo, I get it and, and it ain't no it ain't even a but to that. You know, you, you can't speak on anyone's life and what they should, who and what they should put in harm's way or or what have you. So um, that part, I'll kind of keep my hands off of and, you know, just out of respect that, like, I don't know anything about that. So I'll I'll let that, you know, I'll I'll let that go. But what I will say is... um, until um, the majority of the police departments in this country decide that we can't do we can't do our job the way it had been traditionally taught to do, you will continue to have cases like this. The outrage will go up, and then it'll go down. Um, the Memphis Police Department had to do what they had to do because if this had dragged on for the weeks and sometimes months that it usually takes for police officers to be charged, they don't know what <clears throat> what would be left of their city. So the smart thing was to go ahead and arrest them, swiftly charge them, and then let the um, chips fall where they met. Now, things are going to get all amped back up when, when the trial comes as well, so they better be ready to convict. But once again, man, our prayers go out to um, the Tyree Nichols family and, and, and in the city of Memphis, man, and to anyone who's lost a loved one to police violence. Um, it, it's just never okay. And um, those who want to make excuses in regards to, like, the type of work they do and their hazards or whatever, what 
what danger was these five in? And that's bullshit, you know, just be clear what, what they're what bringing up, I'll, you know. But if I wanted to say, okay, I'll play, I'll play your game, then what was the danger that these five was in other than they were getting their rocks off? And it just so happened that he died. So, um, like I said, man, um, we'll, we'll move on. I'm pretty sure um, we'll, we'll be revisiting policing um, on, on, on a future show. Um, I, I just have this feeling that we will. All right? All right. <laughs> All right, man. So um, let's talk about the um, Louisiana Department of Corrections. They decided that, well, no, they didn't decide. Um, they It was found that um, their Department of Corrections was purposely holding um, prisoners in their state for longer than their release dates. That's what I'm trying to say. There we go. DOJ, and this is um, first was reported by um, Reuters, and now a couple of other outlets have picked it up. Um, this information you're, you're hearing now is coming from The Hill. Um, DOJ says Louisiana prisons hold inmates um, beyond their release dates. Um, the Department of Justice said there is reasonable cause to believe that prisons across the state of Louisiana hold inmates um, beyond their release date. It was found that they deny individuals um, due process to a timely release from prison and fail to implement adequate policies and procedures within its correction facilities causing systematic over detentions um, of individuals. Um, in a four month period between January 2022 and April 2022, 26.8% um, of people released from the LDOC's custody were held past their release date, according to the news release. Um, out of the over detained individuals, 24% were held at LDOC correction facilities at, for at least 90 days. Um, and the median number of days inmates were um, detained past their release date was about 29. And in, in, in just this four-month period, they've had to pay Paris jails an estimated $850,000 at a minimum and fees for the days those individuals were incarcerated beyond their lawful um, sentences. And this basically costs the state $2.5 million a year. All right, so many layers um, to this. But you see that the only people that's benefited financially are the jails because they're saying, hey, they supposed to be getting out of here. It's already overcrowded, um, you know, so on and so forth for whatever. It's nothing about any type of compensation 
for any type of lost wages that any of these individuals would have lost from getting out since it's very likely they would have been mandated to have to get a job to start paying back any type of um, parole, probation, um, you know, restitution if they have it or whatever. But instead, they're um, still sitting in, in a jail in a dangerous situation and to which they could possibly get in trouble and then have their time extended longer all while they were posted um, be um, released in the first place. So um, the fact that this report also said that this has gone on, like what I was talking about and what we're talking about now is just that four-month snapshot. But what the DOJ also said was that this was done on purpose and, it, and it's been done for almost a decade. And they have been warned in the past that what they were doing was wrong and they needed to cut it out and they still hadn't. And now only because they are being threatened with a federal lawsuit are they now starting to act a little better. But I guarantee you there's, there are still situations to where um, people are being held. They know they're being held too long and they don't care because that's free labor and they're not giving it up until the very last drop. All right. Okay, man. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. When it was time to graduate high school, I, 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 didn't, I, I was good. I wasn't trying to go back. I wasn't trying to go back as an old student and be around the young kids, none of that. Well, at my old alma mater, um, New Brunswick High School, a 29-year-old, um, this is according to um, MSNBC.com, um, a 29-year-old woman was arrested last week after she spent four days fraudulently enrolled in um, New Brunswick High School as a student. Um, school district officials said. The woman um, who New Brunswick police has identified as Hee-Jong Shin of New Brunswick was charged with one count of providing false government document with the intent to verify one's identity or age. Police say she showed a false birth certificate with the intent to enroll as a juvenile high school student. Um, New Brunswick um, public school district superintendent R.B. Johnson said Tuesday at a school board meeting that Shen had attended New Brunswick High School for several days before she was caught. Um, last week, by falling, filing some, by fall, by filing some false documents, damn, an adult female posing as a student was able to enroll in, in our high school. Um, Johnson also continued to say. Um, we're getting some reports that this was in an effort, um, to lure, um, women, young girls, really, not even women, for sex trafficking. We don't have any verification, um, on, um, that being the motive, and we don't have any motive at all. We'll follow up on this story. But 
to me, that's a very, I guess, sensible um, conclusion to come to, you know, acting like you're one of them. Hey, won't you come out, come hang out with me? My parents don't mind or whatever. They get there and there's some grown men there, you know, from another country or, or whatever, already got they network set up or whatever. And these, these young ladies and sometimes even young men may, may never be seen again. And she provided false documentation. So besides the, you know, I guess the surveillance they would have had from the school cameras or, or whatever, fingerprints possibly off the documentation that, that she presented or whatever, she would have been, woof, into the night once, you know, they, they got them a few um, from there and maybe, you know, even moved to another school in another state or, or whatever, man. Just so happens, luckily, she was caught just four days in this and hopefully she hadn't already befriended someone. One of the young men on, on, on the news said that, you know, she was trying to um, get students to come and, and, and drink and party with her or, or whatever. So, and that some students had exchanged personal information with her. So they still might be in danger or whatever. So very, very um, strange, um, interesting story out of um, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, 29-year-old, 29-year-old woman posing as a student for almost a week before she was caught made some contact with um, some students in the school, but so far we haven't heard of any um, criminal activity other than what she's been charged with so far, and that's for um, presenting that false information um, to verify name or age or whatever. So um, we'll have more to come. Um, if there is more to this story, as well as we definitely be following up on the Memphis police story. Um, and Louisiana DOJ, I got to get it together, man. I mean, y'all already have one of the worst penal, penal systems in the world. And then you make them stay another three months because you want to. And for the DOJ to only be threatened and threatening then, whoa, threatening him <laughs> with a lawsuit. Wow, man. Tongue twister today is crazy. Like, it should already be a lawsuit on any and everyone that was held even one day beyond what their release date was supposed to be. All right. All right, man. That's my time. We'll get at y'all next week. Appreciate the support. Please, um, you know, log on um, and leave a comment and let us know what else that y'all would like um, me to discuss on future episodes as well. Don't forget to um, support the other episodes, other podcasts on this um, network as well. Ian Friends, Life and Love, the Black Male Podcast, the Encourage and Inspire Podcast. And of course, this is Politrick. Hosted by yours truly, um, Exposed TV, coming real soon as well. But that is my time. I'll see y'all next week. Peace.